0: This is Mary Mack of The Mary Mack Show. I am so fortunate to have Debbie with me today. Debbie Howland, whose daughter, Ava Michelle, was killed by fentanyl poisoning in 2018. And at that point, it was very new. Fentanyl poisonings were very new and they were not given the attention that they needed. And so today I have this wonderful woman, who's willing to tell us about her story and the struggles that her daughter Ava had over her life. And her advocacy, we'll talk about that at the end. She is the state, I'm gonna get this right, the state representative and moderator for Pennsylvania for drug-induced homicide. And she moderates the Facebook group for Pennsylvania. And also she pitches in on other states Facebook groups as well. So I thank her so much for being here. Thank you for joining me, Debbie. Thank you a me, it's a
1: pleasure to Tim talk to you. I really appreciate you having me on today.
0: Thank you. So would you tell us um, about Ava's growing up years? And by the way, Ava's middle name is Michelle. And my yeah. middle name is Michelle. And we both say it. We both spell it the same way. <laughs> oh, so that's, that's wonderful. Yeah, it was one of the first things I noticed when you told me your daughter's name.
1: Yeah, and that's so, actually
0: special. How she it got is. That. Some people so, only uh, use one L, right?
1: Yeah. So, um, so Ava was. Um, my husband died at uh, the age of fifty-five in nineteen ninety-five. Huh. Uh, when Ava was two, Ava was um, a surprise, um, and so. Um, Ava got her first name from her, what would have been, I guess, her great-grandmother who died. Um, my husband used to tell me stories about um, his grandmother chasing him with the broom. And, uh, <laughs> I met. my husband got mad, and I said, what's your, what's your grandmother's name? And He said, Ava. And I said, that's going to be our daughter's name. And so she got her name Ava. Uh, from there. And then the Michelle came because I I had never gotten pregnant and um, didn't know why I wasn't getting pregnant. And I went to a doctor in uh, California, uh, I'm sorry, in Las Vegas. Um, his name was Michael. And, um, um, he treated me and I got pregnant. And <laughs> so oh, that's um, wonderful. Was, that's how she got her name, Michelle. We took the Michael
0: and made it Michelle. That's great. So that's how she got it.
1: So Ava was born in Las Vegas, Nevada. um, St. Louis Dominican Hospital. She was uh, seven pounds and she was just a bundle of joy. She did struggle at birth. Uh, She was, uh, was, she struggled a little bit, but she, you know, my Ava baby came around and we brought her home, and my husband looked at me, and I looked at her, and I'm like, we're going to break her. And so we, you know, we just learned how to be parents, and um, he just absolutely adored his daughter. He was this wonderful father that a daughter could ever ask for, and um, then uh, he got, uh, he had some pain. Uh, I told him, "Well, you probably got gallstones, get it off, Sure enough, he went to the doctors and he called me and he said, "I have to go for surgery tomorrow at Boston's." So I went in for surgery and he came out with a death sentence. Um, He had uh, liver cancer, primary liver cancer, which produces these large tumors. So, um, Ava and I took care of him. Uh, I wouldn't put him in hospice, so we took care of him at home. And my little Ava and I gave Daddy a bath. The morning. quietly passed away with me lying, um, laying um playing at his you know on his cross his feet um and then i had to raise ava alone so it's just me and ava and uh, him and i um just adored each other she was a wonderful child growing up um she was very smart um uh, my girlfriend and I started Mommy and Me in Las Vegas, Nevada, and so she had a lot of exposure to other children. And um, you know, we took them to libraries, we took them to parks, we had play dates, that kind of thing. Mommy and Me, I believe, still exists in Las Vegas, um, and my girlfriend's still out there. Um, so she had a pretty normal childhood there, and then it just got to be too much uh, being in Las Vegas. So we moved to Pennsylvania. Uh, my parents were here, this is where I was from, so we moved here. So she grew up um, in uh, our home, we had a home, and she had a pretty normal childhood. She was a cheerleader, I believe, 13 years, and I don't quote me on that because Allie tells me it's 13, I thought it was eight, but she was a cheerleader most of her life. And, um, so she was a competition cheerleader. So we traveled and I was also, uh, a director for a little while of the in-house cheerleading program. So that was the five to 12 year olds that weren't in competition. So, uh, we did that and then we did the competition cheerleading and, um, she did good, um, until she started getting bullied a lot. So she had, um, a lot of Uh, People bullying her, she was, um, you know, a little bit, um, what I would say, baby fat. Um, And so they bullied her hard. And uh, She finally fought back one day, and then all of a sudden, she was in the popular crew. And um, that was the start of the downhill, I think, for her. Um, You know, being in the popular crew, she wanted to be skinny. she just, she changed a lot, but, um, you know, she, she's a good kid. She just hung with the wrong people most of the time. And so that took her down a path. And then I noticed signs of um, mental illness in her. So I took her to a doctors and uh, she was diagnosed very early and in life with, um, quite a few diagnoses, uh, for mental, mental health. And so she was put on medications at an early age and, um, I think that sometimes made it worse um, and then of course as they get older then they start to realize that they can self-medicate and, and yes. that takes them down the path and that's pretty much what happened she started self-medicating on pills and, and couldn't afford that and somebody named her now and i guess and um, i think she thought she she thought she'd never be addicted to anything she told me that over and over again
0: that she could control it,
1: the heroin got her. Yeah, so she she did good. She got on Suboxone. and she did good. And um, I sent her to Florida and she did good there. And then I couldn't afford to keep her there no more and brought her home. And um, she she was on Suboxone. and we had ups and downs. You know, but she she did good on the Suboxone. and and kind of brought my daughter back to me. And um, and she relapsed and so she went to Florida again. Well, this time she got caught in something that's referred to as the Florida shuffle. And so. Um,
0: and how old was she at that point?
1: Uh, She went to Florida, let's see, it
0: 2000.
1: I'll say, I'm not good at math. So she went there in 2016.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is about two years so before she, she died? She was
1: about 20 two twenty one twenty two
0: mm-hmm. and she
1: went to Florida this last time and so she she got um, she had gotten mixed up in like, basically what I would say is a, a large criminal activity that went on one and so she um ended up in a in a what they call her death figure reads a halfway house, but they call them sober, sober homes in Florida or sober living homes. And that's where she died. She had um, died of um, fentanyl or ANPP, fentanyl toxicity. So she didn't um, stand a chance. She died alone in the room. At least that's what we believe and what I've been able to gather from the people that are left most of the people that were there that day are deceased so
0: didn't you tell me before that uh the the dosage was so high
1: yes i think i i don't have her her death certificate. i have to look it up but i think she was 41 milligrams and i think it's only two to take your life and she she had multi she had some um Xanax in her and we think that she got we think that she got fake Xanaxes. that's what I think mm-hmm. I don't know for a fact I'll never know for a fact exactly what happened to her that day because she was alone Only oh my god, Nava knows so um, you can only um, you know, you spend a lot of time investigating what, when you lose a child To first of all, I didn't know what, well, I knew what fentanyl was but I didn't realize the impact the fentanyl could have, like killing you like that. Like I had been in, uh, the, I had been on the Addicts Mom uh, Facebook page for a period of time, mm-hmm. and um, I had heard fentanyl mentioned in that page, but it didn't really, it didn't click until my until I got the to certificate and it. it said mm-hmm. fentanyl. That's mm-hmm. when I started really researching fentanyl, and that's how I couldn't. I wasn't able to get them to investigate. Um, well, I wasn't able to get them to do what I would deem a proper investigation. They closed her case as soon as they got the toxicology report. So basically, in my opinion, in, in my opinion, and my heart, how I felt was treated like just my daughter was just another dead statistic. Another dead addict is how I felt. Right. So and that Where was this? Me where was this? Was West Palm Beach, Florida. Mm-hmm. So that led me to um organic homicide. Um that led me to um other families that were enduring the same treatment that I was enduring. And um, so um it also had me led me to other parents who had lost their children the same way that I did. Right. Uh, lost in the shuffle. So um you know, it's amazing how all of us network um, across the country, in Canada, in Africa, in Australia. We network all over the world, and um,
0: it's Isn't amazing. Isn't that amazing when you think about it? I mean, we it live in amazing. It's an. We live in an age that we can connect with everyone, whereas yeah. decades ago we didn't even have cell
1: phones. Yeah. yeah, when I grew up, it was yell out the front door, come home. <laughs> <out the door." laughs> <laughs> you know, there was no. Yeah. Yourself, but when but, we
0: grew up, yeah. when we grew up, um, our parents would just like say to us, "Come back at when the lights come on the street." When the, the lights, street lights come, come on the street, lights, yeah, right. Yep. Yep, and exactly. everybody took care of us. or everybody and, in the neighborhood took care of us.
1: And drugs weren't killing people, no, right. So no. you could be a you could be a heroin addict for twenty years, thirty years. I mean, you know yep. Our people came. Our guys that served in in the service came home. And, you know they they have problems with addiction and you know but this fentanyl that's been raging and when Ava died it was pretty new. Um, I don't. I I know that she did not ask for fentanyl that much. I do know. Um, I I I you know, I was able to get some information, but um, I it was I I don't believe she knew she was getting fentanyl. Because on um, the medical reports, um, there were very, minute, extremely minute amounts of fentanyl in February, and she had overdosed twice in February down there, the 1st and the 7th or 8th. And I didn't know about the second overdose until I got her medical reports from the lawsuits. So um, I don't believe she knew, it, but she knew something was wrong because she kept saying, Mom, I I, I." I, I'm i sick I don't I can't get better like I don't you know the cravings are so bad I don't know what to do like she knew something was wrong she she knew but she didn't know
0: and yeah she didn't know she what did. it was but she just I, knew the symptoms I don't
1: I don't believe and even her, her medical reports over and over again state her saying I don't want to die I don't want to die but the cravings are just so bad I, I can't get you know she, she did not want to die. She wanted to live. And, and she told me that she lost. Um, I, I, sadly, um, her first boyfriend and lifelong friend died in March of 2018. And um, I pulled her out of treatment to come home for his funeral. And that would be the last time that I would ever see my daughter. Fox News actually interviewed us at the airport. It was the worst snowstorm ever. And um, she had come home for that funeral. She was devastated. She, she she didn't sleep for three days. She cried for three days. She was devastated beyond devastation. And I only sent her back because I thought she was going to be safer in, in in a good treatment facility because the place that she was at was, was a good facility. And so... I thought that she would be safer and she would, you know, wouldn't be alone here with me. And I thought she would be safer and instead she's dead. But, um, so my, my, uh, way of coping with my daughter's loss of my daughter and my child was I started advocating and, um, you know, um, getting involved. And so that's how I got involved in drug induced homicide.
0: How did and you so, find it?
1: Um, I got pulled in from another mom who had lost her daughter in Florida to the same, um, I I believe it was, you know, I, I really, I believe it was her that brought me in, but I don't remember. I, I can't honestly tell you how I got in there, but I know that when I got in there, I was, um, impressed with the, um, support that you got in um, you know, we try to help families navigate the justice system. We try to, you know, advocate for a shift in the way that people think and treat these what they call drug overdoses. They're not overdoses, you know. Um, there, there's no illicit fentanyl. Is is just what it is. It's illicit. It's an illicit drug. It's not a, you know, it's not a prescribed drug. There's no safe. Um prescription for illicit fentanyl or, you know, right. bathtub meth or whatever you want to call it. Like, there's no, these are illicit drugs or, you know, they're being, they're being flooded into the United States. And unfortunately the fentanyl, you know, Ava, like you said, when Ava died, fentanyl wasn't very prevalent um, in 2018, but after 2018, um, you know, it it started to skyrocket and, you know, I think we lost probably 75,000 last year to fentanyl, if not more. Um, I know we had 100 108,000 or 109,000 deaths. Um, and I think, you know, about 80% of them were fentanyl deaths. So, and I'm just guessing at those numbers. I don't know the exact numbers
0: unless I look them up.
1: Um, I don't have a good memory to read them off to. <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: Um, no, it's perfectly out. fine. I know but, that... Um, In the beginning, um, no one, well, I shouldn't say no one, but most law enforcement did not say what it really was that killed someone, you know, that it was related. They gave it some stupid names. And so we wouldn't be able to track those deaths.
1: Yes. So synthetic opioid is, you know, there's called some, you know, synthetic opioids, but the thing was they weren't testing for them. Um, you know, they could do a drug screen and they wouldn't pick that up. It wouldn't be picked up because they weren't testing for it. So some of the advocacy that parents do now is they, you know, are, are, are advocating for emergency rooms and there are emergency rooms now, including a fentanyl screen. you know, when they have someone come in uh, as, as a, you know, an overdose or, you know, um, someone who's on their, you know, someone who's dead, that they're bringing back to life with Narcan. Um, they're testing for fentanyl now and then you know we have a lot more tools than we had thanks to the harm reduction groups you know we do have a lot more tools um, to you know kind of uh, weed out or help weed out people who are using to help them to not die of fentanyl um, you know thanks to harm reduction groups but um, we we do support accountability, which most harm reduction groups do not support. Um, we do support the families, um, you know, whose children died because they were unlawfully delivered a controlled substance, resulting in their death,
0: which was completely yeah. counterfeit. It,
1: well, and the thing is, you know, it, we advocate for accountability. Ava paid her price. You know, my daughter's dead. Like, my daughter's dead she she's paid her price she paid her price that day for the mistake that she made she's dead and so i give these cards out whenever i do something nice for somebody um they're called pay it forward cards they don't make them anymore they were angel cards but um her cards oh. went out all over the country
0: She's great and
1: so um but you know um tear and matt all the people who support the drug use homicide food uh, you know Parents that are going to court, you know, uh, parents within that area or within that state will drive or go to mm-hmm. their court hearings. You know, they stand in front of the courtrooms with their, yeah. you know, drug induced homicide posters and, you know, we support each other. And when you're going through it, it, especially court and legal cases, when you're going through those, they're traumatic. You are constantly trying, you know this, Mary, they, mm-hmm. they constantly throw you back to the moment in time you've lost the person that, that meant so much to you. And it's just a constant um, torture. And even when you get justice, it's not, it's, I always say it's bittersweet because in my daughter's cases, there were multiple cases, after I read impact statements or after they were over, I had to face the fact of, what my daughter suffered and I had to face the fact that I, you know, I, I should have done better. You know, I could have done better. Maybe I should have been more empathetic or, you know, you, you have all those, you know, would have, could have, should have that you, you just go round and round with. But the fact of the matter is she didn't know what they were doing and I didn't know what they were doing. And it was those people it was the person who gave her the fentanyl that killed my daughter. Yes, right. Um, yes, she took it and she died. But you know, the person who gave it to her is, is
0: responsible.
1: It's never been held accountable, and so I, I will never get accountability. It's it'll be six years, and I'll never get that portion of accountability or justice. So I help other families. Try to get that justice. You're talking to Southside,
0: and almost like you're living vicariously through their victories.
1: <laughs> you do, you do, and for every victory, um, especially when there's an effective change in the law, um, you know that's you know you're you're just overjoyed that you know uh, another parent isn't going to go through that, and I think that's what we all fight for. We don't want another family to suffer the way that we have suffered. And we want to be supportive. Um, and that also helps you when you're supportive and you're you're on a mission. Um it helps you navigate your grief.
0: Absolutely. And
1: the loss of your child or your family member. It helps you navigate that. Um and that's the best that you can do, is to, you know, uh, keep honor in their memory. Hope that they save lives um, in their memories. Um, you know, warn the general public at large. Yeah. Which has not. It's been very slow. Um, we do partner. I mean, we do. I you know, I take drug investigations. I to the DEA. Some you know, in Philadelphia, I've been there twice. Uh, we, you know, we do partner, uh, we help parents, you know, have to find out how to get into their kids' phones um, with, you know, uh, we partner with a, a company called Second Peak. Um, just the little things that we do that help parents to give them even an ounce of hope. I mean, you just, you're looking for, you're looking for something to hold on to when you lose a child. And, um, you know, our mission is to, you know, raise awareness and, um, try to get these drugs treated as criminal investigations rather than as you know just another you know but uh, my daughter was more than that my daughter was a human being and my daughter was a wonderful person and she had a heart of gold and um, she would give anybody the shirt off her back and she did um, she was uh, you know tortured uh, for being a little overweight and then, she she didn't let that turn her into a mean person and and it could have um it could have made her really really horrible and it didn't she she still stayed kind Um, i won't say that uh, uh being drug addicted to heroin it's a it's a very terrible addiction it's a very hard addiction to navigate It's a very hard addiction for people to get well. And I give every single person out there that's in sobriety the utmost respect and love from my heart because, you know, I watched how hard my daughter suffered and it's hard, you know, these people fight for their lives every day. Yeah. And we're out there fighting for them too.
0: And you are. And you are. Yeah. Yeah. And how are you doing these days? I mean, besides doing all of your advocacy work, um, how do you deal with your grief too? So with grief,
1: I, um, so I, I uh, joined PA Team Sharing, which is a grief group, a Facebook grief group here in Pennsylvania. Um, and then uh, Cheryl Hoare from Team Sharing uh, Incorporated. She started grief groups when she lost her son, Corey. So there's a national chapter team sharing and then there's also in the, well we have just there used to be state groups, but now it's the mm-hmm. national and Pennsylvania happens to have its own state group still. So I started in that group and the parents got me down to D.C. and, um, you know, doing the poster thing, you know, that kind of thing. And then eventually I ended up becoming a moderator of the group. And, you know, posting grief support, inspirational support, self-care support, good morning posts, good night posts. I did that until very recently. Um, I, I recently stepped down as a moderator for both those groups, um, mainly because my hands were having trouble being on the phone too much. So <laughs> I, 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 that comes with age, I think. Um, I'm not gonna tell you how old I am. No, I'm kidding.
0: Um, anyway, <laughs> you need it comes to know. age.
1: I it, I was 30 when I had Ava, so I was an older mom. So, um, and her dad, uh, you know, he died at 55. So, um, I think he was 53 when I had Ava. So we were older parents. Um, but um, yeah. So, how do I navigate? So my sister-in-law started a wonderful program. Um, yes, tell called- us about that. Yeah, so she started a wonderful program called Ava for Life, and it's a Narcan Services program. And basically, what it is is it's a uh, point. Of, it's it's a it's an it's a Narcan dispenser. Uh, it's, it uses the Expedose machine, and um, it's point of service care. So basically, you know, the doctor can. Um, the, the patient doesn't have to go get a prescription or go buy it over the counter. Now, you know, back before you couldn't get it, you had that a prescription or a standing order orders, right. um, but now doctors can actually get it right. You know, point of service, a treatment center has a point of service. Um, anybody can have this put, it's, it's a program that, you know, that's that goes through stellar RX. So, mm-hmm. um you know, they can teach how to use it, right, at point of service, and wow. um, and it also saved, you know, people who are addicted suffer a lot of stigma, and I know that my daughter suffered terrible stigma every time she went to CVS, um, or Walgreens, or, you know, these major pharmacies, um, even Walmart, like, um, she would, she would call me crying all the time, you know, and um, this, uh, eliminates the need to it requires a prescription but it eliminates the need to go to a pharmacy so um help you know a little alleviate a little bit of that stigma so that was a surprise in honor of um her niece uh, my sister-in-law heather did that and that was for her niece ava
0: Aww.
1: so and then like i said i i do um so i'll you know i'll advocate ava for life and drug-induced homicide and team sharing um you know just a lot I go to other people's rallies uh, like we were you know, talking I participate about and we, I do a voices. lot of do a lot of billboards lost voices of fentanyl right here
0: yeah
1: and I do a lot of billboards uh through Rachel's Angels and uh we're in the process of working uh, in the process of doing banners for drug-induced homicide state groups so that'll be exciting when we can have banners so it all that every everything that we all do in every group including drug-induced homicide the you know the billboard groups everything that we do is is not the lay I'll never forget the first poster I made for my daughter You know, everybody was making these posters and telling me I had to have a poster. My daughter was dead. And um, I I made this poster and I posted it on Facebook. And I was like, oh, it looks great. And I remember looking at the poster and just saying, I don't want an effing poster. I want my kid back. Right. And I remember how devastating that was. I remember that pain. And and I never forget that pain. And when I hold her posters, I go to a drug-induced homicide rally with her, her drug-induced homicide, you know, that's my child that's dead. She's not just a picture on a poster. Right. That right. is my child. That is the person that I gave birth to, that I that I that I raised, that I loved all of my life. And and that took her life away. So um yeah, we advocate, we help, um, we navigate grief the best we can. Then. Um, you know, the dead, as terror has on the drug-induced homicide, the dead cannot cry out for justice. It's the, the duty of the living to do so for them. Yeah, we are the survivors of drug-induced homicide, and this is our fight. And our children are victims. And um, the, I think, I think that alone. It is, is a very important statement they are victims um they didn't ask to die they didn't want to die um and they were poisoned with fentanyl um at least my daughter was and i know tara's daughter was given mdma um
0: sydney you
1: know um sydney yes sydney and her beautiful daughter sydney um There's so many, so many, there's so many, I, I, there's just so many. I mean, we have to try to stop it. And the only way we can try to stop it is to advocate and, you know, hope, you know, hope that we reach or we talk to one person to make a difference in one life or save one life in, in honor of our children. I mean, that's the best that you can do. And so, um, I wear her pin. I've worn her pin since the day she died. Um, a lady, uh, named treasure made this pin oh, and nice it's got nice. a fentanyl. I asked her, she wanted a purple ribbon on it. And I said, no, I want a black ribbon for fentanyl. So I wear this and I've worn it since Ava's died. I wear it everywhere. I have it on my jacket. Um, and of course I carry my drug induced homicide cards, uh, my business card. And, um, you know, I carry these, Everywhere I go. And some of our cards actually on the back have a lot of information about fentanyl now. Um, and then I do the drug, you know, I'll take a table, I'll go to other people's events, you know, and I'll raise awareness on uh, behalf of drivingueshomicide.org and April for life, but excellent. And, and you do this, you do you do something I've never done in, I don't think I've ever done a podcast before. Oh, so well, I feel
0: honored. This is um, your, I, your-
1: I did. I did, interview, <laughs> I did an interview. Um, I, I did. I did two interviews, I think. But I. I don't think they were called podcasts. But anyway, um, that's why I said what's a podcast. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I'm like I said, I was an older mom, and I'm and I'm kind of generational, um, not up on all of the technology that everybody else is.
0: So it's perfectly fine. I. I created this series because I knew what we went through when we were dealing with homicide and um, how difficult it was back then just to make a dent the way you guys are, you know, to let people understand what it's like to live with a homicide in your life. I mean, it's devastating and the trial, you know, and hopefully you get a conviction. Um, And there are so many people in this country who never even get a um, arrest. You know, it's an unsolved murder. There are, oh my God, almost upward of 60% of the murders are unsolved. It's pathetic. And I, I equate that to fentanyl. So many people who have not gotten their justice we have never gotten a proper investigation, you know?
1: It's only about an, an estimation of, about, of all of the cases about 1% are actually prosecuted, which, um, you know, statistically that's a terrible statistic um, that, you know, when you think about all of these deaths and all of these families that are impacted, you know, it's not just it's not just me that I lost my daughter. My sister-in-law lost her niece. She started this Ava for Life program. Um, Tara Bear lost her daughter. She started drug-induced homicide. Um Tara's husband was, you know, impacted. Sydney's family was impacted. Ava's family was impacted. It's not it it, it it's 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 just it, your family was impacted. Um, you're impacted. Um, families across America are suffering, and a lot of it, a lot of it, doesn't have to be because, you know, education, um, by bringing education, um, you know, accountability and prevention measures out to the to the public at large, will help reduce um many of the things that, that that are out there, which is you know this the now they've got the xylazine uh out there, you know that's poisoning people that's an animal tranquilizer and not for human consumption yeah. um you know the the fentanyl, the you know um the the fentanyl mixtures, you know yes. um, kids are dying of weed uh painted with fentanyl. so um these they're not, They're not going to investigate these deaths properly. But I will say many, many more uh, departments and police departments and law enforcement agencies are getting more involved with the prosecution or trying to prosecute the, you know, the traffickers and the people that are, you know, really, you know, causing a lot of this um, terrible Impact fentanyl on our country, so you know we we will partner with those. You know the DEA. You know the DEA uh, does amazing work and amazing community outreach, um, including working with uh, drug and use homicide. You know, yes. so um, you when know, they participate. They they come to the rallies. You know the DEA. Will yes, come to I the remember
0: rallies. listening to them last year at, in Washington. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah so we and, do all we those, can all
0: those people i mean as many as we can sheriffs and you know other police officers mm-hmm. i i
1: i truly and i mean i you i truly don't think that any of us any of us whether it be the police departments the drug enforcement agencies the fbi i don't think that any of us were ready for what was going to happen with fentanyl? I don't. I don't think we. There. I. I think it wasn't until these mass amounts of human beings were dying that people started to realize that. Oh my God! We're. You know we're, we're in trouble here, and yeah. somebody's got to stop it. And so, but tear bear was. She was. Uh, we call her tear bear.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh,
1: Terry. Um, she was. You know, at the very beginning forefront. Of trying to get these types of um, deaths investigated, yes, and, you know she's definitely a role model for me. Um, you know she's an amazing person. She's kind. Um, she's had a great loss, but she's still out there fighting. And you know she started uh, bare bones, and she, you know, she was a Chicago police officer. Yes, for over not, twenty years, would not investigate her daughter's death, and so, you know. You look at the tenacity and what that must have felt like for her,
0: right. um,
1: the tenacity that she had, you know, standing on those street corners with them signs and the parents yelling and you just, you know, and she was like a role model to me. And and I I really am proud to walk beside her and with her through the drug-induced homicide growth and change and advocacy work. Um, I really, really am proud to walk with her and that.
0: I I feel so, she's yeah. a maverick, a crusader, in her own she, right. And right. Yes,
1: and yes, and she she truly she beyond that she's truly a very very kind person.
0: She is. I was um, so glad to meet her uh, last September. You know, the night before the rally, when yeah. we saw each other, because she had been on the show, and uh, when we finally saw each other, we were like, oh. <laughs> yeah, it's, when I met her, it's really I just, nice I just, to see people who you you know you've chatted with, and yeah, it
1: was nice to hold her and hug her. I met her in Chicago at the uh, ride for John, Um uh and so I had met quite a few of the advocates up there, and but she just amazed me. She was just so sweet and so kind, and um I thought, wow. You know, even with everything she's
0: been through, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, just even being a Chicago police officer for that long, like, yeah, she's just so kind and she's like that all the time. Her demeanor doesn't really change. She's very, very kind. And um, she's really worked hard at, you know, the drug induced homicide.org and, you know, bringing drug induced homicide to the forefront. And um, I think people get scared in some ways at drug-induced homicide but what they don't and this is what i tell people when i take drug-induced homicide table out to an event you know i'll say but do you know what we do you know do you know that we help people get into their cell phones do we know do you know that we help people have to navigate the justice system do you know that we go stand beside our our families that are going to court that are at the worst days of their lives we stand beside them and hold them and hug them and support them. Like to understand like really what we do that we try to advocate to change laws. And that we really do want to see the traffickers stopped. You know, we want to see the high level traffickers stopped. We, you know, we want, we want, we want to never see another death. I mean, none of us want to see another death, you know? Um, you know, 40 years ago, you didn't die from drugs. You know, very rarely did people die from drugs. You know, it was just not prevalent back then. No, but people
0: now, used to, and people used to trust whoever, you know, wanted to do it with them. Like if you wanted yeah, to, you know, you wanted to yeah. get high. So you smoked pot at college or whatever. And yeah. you never thought that death was on the table. Never. No.
1: now. No. No. And, and honestly, I, I, I don't even believe my daughter knew she died. Like she died that fast. I don't believe that she knew she died. Um, you know, and it's just, it's just so many lives, so many beautiful, talented, wonderful human beings that never got a chance to live. And, um, you know, it's just really sad. And, we at drug um and we as parents uh do everything that we can to um have nobody walk in our shoes that that would be the the goal to have not another single parent walk in our shoes
0: yeah absolutely
1: i think whoever the person was that came out with the ugly shoes club i think it was in new zealand or something uh, they had it right, you know, and shoes are hard to hard to hard to walk in. They hurt a lot and you know you ache. But you still get out there and you fight. And even when you get tearful and even when you're sad, you just, you know, you just, you just say breathe and I'm gonna do this and you do it.
0: And
1: I think that um, my daughter brought out her death brought out parts of me I didn't even know existed. Yeah. No. yeah she brought out she brought out she brought out the warrior in me
0: that's right she brought out the strength that you didn't think you had she did she right? did She and she gives, and she gives she, me she brought out the person who um put others before her own loss to try to help them survive as well right
1: we help each other that's right. We all help each other.
0: And even, yeah. even after you do all that, you come back home after a court case or whatever, and you sit down and you have your tea or coffee, right? And you sit there and you think to yourself, did I just do that? <laughs> right? Did I just help that family go through that trial or, you know, hearing, yeah. Or whatever? Yeah.
1: You know, I mean, just, uh, you don't like uh, being a moderator for a group. Whether it be drug-induced homicide or uh, when I moderated other groups, um, you do a lot of um, phone time with families yeah. and a lot of messaging with families. And um, it, it, you know, it, it's, it, it's just, you know, we we just we put ourselves out there to help each other. And right. um, sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's hard and um but you know you know you don't you know you have to help that person i can't explain it like you just know you have I really to help understand them. when I it was in that matter world,
0: when i was in when that world doesn't... um i used to take a glass of wine because i knew it was going to be a two to four hour phone call exactly
1: okay because yeah.
0: you you are inviting someone to trust you And you are inviting that person to tell their entire story from beginning to end. And however long it takes for them to get that out of them. Do you know what I mean? Is what's necessary, especially when it's a new family,
1: especially a lot of listening and, um, you know, a lot of, you know, I'm sorry, just being quiet and letting them talk and letting them speak Yes. um you know it's not just a web page it's not just a web page it's not just a Facebook page we are all people and families that have lost something very dear to us and we we fight for justice and um you know we're the survivors our our kids didn't survive our grandkids didn't survive our family members didn't survive um you're they didn't survive so we fight for them that's what we do we fight for them and um navigate grief do you know podcasts? i guess you call
0: it, um, <laughs> it you
1: know, everybody finds their their niche in this fight and that's what i always say you know uh, one of the things i i help people do is you know when ava died i did outreach um and collected what I what I found was I started doing outreach and I ended up in in the long run doing it by myself. And what I found is I started got I, I got did outreach for almost five years. Is that as I did it, I realized that other families wanted to help, and they wanted to honor their kids. So, I took I took donations from angel families, and then I would create these beautiful graphics, and I would read their children's names and uh, all the pictures of what they gave me and. Um, I worked with an organization uh, called Savage Sisters uh, down in Philadelphia, um, and I, I worked, I, I partnered with them for a couple of years uh, doing outreach. Um, I had to step down because physically it became too much. But, uh, you know, we all find our little niche. And so now that I've gone through many different roles in my grief, um, I'm still, you know, um, still with Jargon of Tom's side. and i think i'll i think i'll stay in this group for a long time and i think i'll moderate for a long time because i believe in everything that we advocate for um and i believe that you know we have to we have to speak for our loved ones and we have to get justice and if we can't get justice then we we have to at least teach people you know what we've learned you know what doesn't work what does work right yeah. it's really important to share I think sharing is caring that's I totally agree.
0: And, and my big thing is um, we come to a point where um, when we are able to look at what we're grateful for about the life of our child what we're grateful oh, yes. for when we get to that place where we can look and be okay with looking at gratitude instead of just what we don't have or all the losses we have you know it, exactly. it, it turns things around you know it does
1: i always say you know you get to a point where you stop living in the darkness of their death and you begin to live in the light of their life and that's oh, what that's i say.
0: lovely. I love that.
1: That's that's what I tell people is that you'll get to a point where you will no longer live in that darkness of, of their death, but you'll begin to let their light of their life sh- the light of their life shine. And so you'll be so proud to say, my daughter was a cheerleader for 13 years and she was really good at it. And I was very <laughs> proud of her. And you get to a point where, you know. I sent out these little cards all over the country um, and a beautiful woman in um, Wichita Falls uh, makes these beautiful little towels for me that I would give out at the events. She would hand sew them. She never met me, but she got my daughter's card. And so she would mail me these packages with little candy in them. And she'd have all these towels that she hand sewed. Oh, this this world of loss and grief uh, brings some of the, the most wonderful people into your life that you could ever ever imagine. And and it's it's they are the light until you can find your light in, yeah. in your loss.
0: Totally um, so you're
1: agree. We're grateful. grateful for them. You're grateful for you. I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for. Tara, I'm grateful for all the people. I'm grateful for my sister doing something so special. Um, I'm grateful for Matt, who you know he, he just battles for Alexandra, um, you know his daughter Alexandra, uh, yes. his beautiful daughter. Um, and you know the more that we, the more that we advocate, and if the more that we can change laws is good, because the changing of laws is like a permanent change, Mm -hmm. Um, and and that's another thing, you have to learn how to navigate the whole politics thing, right, so Um, I didn't know anything, I didn't know anything about politics, right, most people don't, when you really,
0: before this happens, you don't know,
1: if you want to bring a bill up, you got to go to a senator, you got to get somebody to buy into it, or, you know, you have to have backing through the political arena, and, you know, I didn't know a lot of that, you know, I didn't know a lot of that. And and so, you know, I'm I'm navigating that too. You know, on my page, I'm very adamant about saying I don't want any political comments on my page. You know, my own personal Facebook page. I don't get involved with that. I post information. I'm all about information. And I try extremely hard to only post factual information that I can validate in more than one place. Like I, I really do try hard. Um, you know, um, especially if it's, you know, like a state attorney general or the mm-hmm. DEA or the FBI putting it out, you know, um, or the white house, you know, you go to whitehouse.gov, um, you know, different things that are taking place. So I try to try to be as factual as I can, um, and try not, but I, but I did have to learn how to navigate that. And I also had to learn to navigate that when you're in groups like this, drug-induced homicide, that um, you know, and, and this includes pretty much all groups, I think, but drug induced homicide specifically, you know, people aren't always so, um, willing to listen to us, you know, there's, there's some stigma associated to the name. That's yes. why I always tell people when they come to the table, you know, you know, I'll have like all the different stuff out. And I, I always put out little gifts for people, you know, uh, for their loss and, um, you know, I always tell people, you know, do you know what we actually do? And then I teach them. And by the time they're done, they're smiling and happy, oh, you yeah. know, I have a drug and card, you know, and they're walking around yeah. with a card. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's really good. Uh, I, I'm very, very proud and honored to be a part of the organization and very proud and honored that they represent me and my child and the battle for me and my child. So... All, all the families. It's not, you know, what everybody in in is like, We're we're all fighters. We're all, you know, we all we will we work hard for change.
0: Yes, you, you, you do. Know? Yes, you do. And yeah. I know that you all will continue to do so. And that's what's really needed.
1: We all, we all try hard. We all do what we can. Like I said, we find our niche. My <laughs> cast is yours, and uh. And a hall. <laughs> I want a ton of stuff in my car. i putting up tables. It's mine. <laughs> so, you know, talking to people on the phone and monitoring. Yeah. Like I said, I'm an information person. You'll you'll see. I let you come on my personal page. So you'll see. I post a lot of information.
0: That's <laughs> <laughs> what I do. So, Debbie, I want to just thank you so much for spending so much time with us today and telling yeah. us about your beautiful daughter and everything. Ava. through, Ava. Ava Michelle, Michelle.
1: and your daughter is Angela. Angela, is that
0: right? Angela
1: Angela. Marie.
0: Mm -hmm. Angela Marie. My my stepdaughter, and she was eleven. And um, the one thing I do remember, I don't know why this coming up for me, but when she was dead longer than she was alive, was a hard was a hard year, you know, because she was only here for eleven years, you know. Yes. Yes, but so. um, I'm still grateful that I knew her for the time that I did. And oh, she would make me laugh. She would say the funniest things, you know, and <laughs> it's just hysterical. <laughs> so I that's
1: that that was my daughter's thing. She 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 she'd make me laugh hard.
0: <laughs> yes, <laughs> she, yes, we,
1: we, yeah, yeah. So it sense to me. And she, history she history had
0: history. a heart of gold just like you know ava did when my my nana um was in the hospital she wanted to go see her and i'm like wow at 10 you know at 10 years old she had the where wherewithal to even ask such a thing and i That's brought her, her and her younger brother you know to go see my nana and we made it very matter of fact like this is life this is what happens you know, oh. and she went to go see Nana and uh, I'll never forget that day.
1: How I made Nana's day.
0: It did. She yes. was not expecting it. You know, we didn't Uh-oh. tell her coming. So that was really a big deal. She uh, had had a, you know, amputation from diabetes and she, yeah. And so she needed all the uplifting everybody could give her. So when Angela and her little brother Stanley went to go see Nana, it was a big event, you know, and I remember telling both of them how proud I was of them, you know. And so all those memories that come to me, um, at this point, I can talk about it pretty matter-of-factly, you know, it's been a long time.
1: But it makes you happy. It right?
0: makes, that happy. makes you happy. That memory makes you happy. Yes, and, the, my pink daughter's memories me and happy. Like the pink cotton candy you know, and, yeah. and, and those little things like that—the pink cotton candy, you know—and
1: yeah, funny. And that's that's the whole thing of living in the light. Yeah, you live in the light of their life. Uh, my exactly. daughter was free spirited. She was funny. She could rap music like there was no tomorrow. Uh, she was in, <laughs> and and yeah, she was into that. You know that um, that music that I really really didn't like.
0: Yes. And
1: now I actually. I actually look for her music like she you know I'll look for Meek Mills or I'll look for Drake or I'll look for those rapping songs you know because that's what and she would make me laugh she would dance to that while she was so now you know I I would never in a million years I I would scream at her turn that
0: off I can't stand it I can't drive I can't stand it yeah now I'm
1: actually like pushing the buttons looking for it. Yes, you know, because
0: they remind you of her.
1: It reminds me of her. Yeah, yeah, she, she definitely. Makes me smile. And I will say that um, the majority of her life uh, was was wonderful. Yeah, I will. I will always be very proud of her. Um, that the the uh, it was about four years in addiction. I w- I won't sugarcoat it. It was hard was probably some of the hardest things I've I, I didn't I felt so helpless sure. and I, I, I did everything I could and, uh, you know that wasn't who she was you know that wasn't my daughter that wasn't my child that was that was um, drugs destroying her mind and her body and you know but for, for all the years before that 20 years she was an amazing kid and uh, I'll always be proud of her and I'll always be happy to speak about her and represent her uh, uh, because she's also an advocate. Um, you
0: know, she, she is every day, of her, every day of she, her spirit life. She's, right? she's
1: definitely an advocate and she's very vocal as an angel too. I always say you know, she's extremely vocal. I get a lot of signs um, from my daughter and, and I always have. Um, mm-hmm since the day she died and lately I and I just posted this on Facebook um you know she's been a little quieter ever since I had the last court hearing and I just funny I just found a penny uh, yesterday at CVS and no one would have found this penny but me nobody (laughs) nobody would have found this penny but me I'm telling you and I I just said you know I don't I don't hear as much. And maybe that means that she's more at peace because the justice is served and, and it's, yes. you know, she knows that mom's not going crazy, trying to, you know, make everything happen and be where I need to be. And, you know, I, I mean, she's, I think she's more at peace and I hope she's more. At peace.
0: I think she uh, is. I mean, you, have yeah. you've been such an advocate for her. You know, and I can imagine that
1: your Angela is definitely.
0: Yes, um, I think she is. We did everything we could, like you did, did everything you yeah. knew how to do, you know, and that's the most we can ask of each other. You know, and so I am grateful that you were with me today. I have yeah. really appreciated this conversation and getting to know your daughter.
1: Thank you. It's great to know you're Angela, though, and you.
0: Thank you. I, and I, I look forward it. to speaking to you again soon.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Mary. It's been a pleasure. And thank you for letting me speak about Drug and News, an organization I'm so proud to be a part of. And most of all, thank you for letting me speak about Ava for Life, uh, Narcan Services, and my daughter Ava's cheerleading. And I just <laughs> really appreciate being able to share my child. Thank you. You're quite welcome.
0: And I just want to explain to my audience how important it is to please subscribe, rate, review wherever you find us, either in the audio or video version, because the more we do that, the farther it will go. The algorithms will shine on us and we need that. So please do that for us. Become a member, subscribe, and we look forward to the next episode. God bless.
1: God bless. Thanks, Thanks, Mary. Welcome. Bye.